Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 105, Europeans' Very Own. We've got three segments on the show for you this week. Uh, first, myself, Zach, and Scott talk about the recent Nintendo Direct. Then Alex and Don go into their Pokemon X and Y reviews. Finally, Neil, Justin, and Jared give some impressions on games they recently played and a trip to Nintendo in New York City. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to our connectivity segment on the uh, recent October 1st Nintendo Direct. I'm Mike Sklenz, and with me I've got Alex Kalafi. Hey, everybody. And Zach Miller. I'm just here for the free punch and pie. <laughs> Did someone tell you there'd be punch and pie? Someone told me there'd be punch and pie. There's not any punch and pie. <laughs> it's just uh, glimmers of hope and piles of disappointment. Yes, just what I always wanted from a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> Uh, we're just going to go through, uh, yes, well, yesterday, as of when we're recording this, yesterday's Nintendo Direct presentation from October 1st, unveiling some basic new information about a bunch of games, and that's pretty much it. Ironically, they did not mention at all the Wii U system update, even though it'd come out like just hours before this Nintendo Direct was broadcast. So the weird thing about that <laughs> is that the uh, they didn't actually really mention the update in the press conference thing. But they did mention it in the press release. Yeah, they must have recorded the video a couple days ago, and they weren't one hundred percent sure if the uh, if the update was going out or not. Yeah. I don't know. The first thing instead that they decided to talk about was uh, we got a bunch of new we got a bunch of new information on Super Mario Three D World, which is uh, really really exciting because this game looks awesome. It looks awesome now. Uh, when I played it at E three, and I saw the original reveal. It looked like they were sort of rushing another 3D land and HD out so they could have some 3D Mario platformer out the window. And I'm not saying that that still isn't the case, but this at least looks like a game that I kind of want to play now rather than something I feel like I have to play. Yeah, it looks way more expansive than what we'd been shown at E3. Like, It looks really super, super good now. Yeah. Zach, what did you think of it? I don't care. You don't care? Did you no, like 3D I, Land? I did like 3D Land, but look, I mean, I just played 3D Land. And this looks like 3D Land with a cat suit um, and some other stuff. But I'm never, I don't, I don't have four friends. Look, they keep pushing four-player Mario, but I don't have friends skilled enough at Mario to make that game fun for me. Well, you didn't listen to Iwata. He said there'd be a, he said there'd be a robust single player experience. I know as well. that, but there isn't every one of them, and it's, it's too soon. It seems to me like this game is more like they made a bunch of levels that could be played either single player or multiplayer. I don't think. Well, yeah, sure. They're focusing a lot on multiplayer, but I don't think the experience is going to be that different between the two modes. It just feels like this could be on the 3DS. Maybe that's my problem with it. Oh, it probably could be. I mean, well, not graphically, but obviously gameplay-wise, sure, they could probably fit something, but based on the way the levels are designed, how they're more open now, I would imagine that things like the draw distance would probably be pretty terrible without a more robust system behind it. Yeah, no, that's true. It's it's, it's the same game, but bigger, essentially, in every yeah. regard. Yeah, I mean, you can even get, what, eight characters on screen, or I guess even more, because you can more get more than the one. double cherry. Yeah, the double cherry. Double cherry. Interesting new power-up. You touch it, and Yeah, that was kind of cool. Did you guys watch that um, that Nintendo Minute, like that little eight-minute demo of, of the that new in- stuff in Mario? 
that forced painful to watch Nintendo. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was yeah. very markety speak. But I liked the. Well, I don't. I don't know if I liked it, but it's very interesting that you can't really control like how close or far away the characters, the double char- the double characters are from each other. You kind of have to use the environment to manipulate the distance yeah. between the two of them. That seems weird. I think this uh, this sort of peeks into another problem I'm having with Nintendo recently, and I don't know if this has always been a problem, but I'm noticing it lately, where with things like this, and especially Pokemon X and Y, Nintendo is showing a bit too much, and it's inching a little bit into spoiler territory, at least gameplay-wise. I don't think there's any spoilers in a Mario game. I think, like, I the know. level design, <laughs> I'd like that to be a surprise. That's what I think the spoiler... Yeah, yeah they beat Bowser, that's fine. We've seen, like, four real levels. But we've seen a then, lot of uh, different environments, which is probably uh, of most of the environments that there actually are to find. Now, that's obviously a guess. I have no idea. But, I mean, I think they're showing off probably a bit more than they should. Well, they may be doing that because they have one less game to release this year now that Donkey Kong Country Tropical. Uh, <laughs> I wanted <laughs> Donkey Kong so bad. Well, now you have to wait till February. Maybe they're putting a few more months into it so they can make it less look less like a Wii game. It looks really uh, good on a television, like an HD television. Yeah, I think it was CJ um, from Player One Podcast who was we were talking on Twitter the other day, and I think he had brought up the fact that maybe they're just pushing it to February because they have nothing to release in February. Well, maybe. yeah, they of course they won't. I mean, they're gonna have something on 3DS. They'll probably push Mario, and I mean Mario golf and uh, maybe yoshi's island into that general territory but for the wii u if they had something to put out like even if they had x or uh yarn yoshi or something else like that we would have known it was coming by now and because we don't know what their first quarter looks like that makes me think that outside of that uh them releasing we fit you properly and donkey kong country returns to i don't think they have anything doesn't seem like it. They would have shown it at E3. You know, it's interesting that uh, you bring up Yarn Yoshi because I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. They never <laughs> talked about it since. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like something that'd be coming soonish, but now, I mean, that might be a late 2014 game. If at all. Yeah. Oh, we didn't mention that uh, there are going to be Mario and Luigi Wii remotes, and by saying that alone, I've spent more time talking about them than Nintendo has already. I yep. kind of want those, honestly. I, I kind of like them. Those. I want one. A little pricey. I well, isn't enough. it just a full price Wiimote? It is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Zelda one, I feel like they can't really top the golden no, Wii remote. they can't. And there's a like ice blue one coming with Mario and Sonic at the Sochi Olympic Games. Yeah, that, yeah, no. no. <laughs> if you want another one. They did talk about some neat stuff on that game. They're going to have internet play, which is... Like, almost a shocker. And they'll let you play with anyone, not just your friends. Yeah, I played that <laughs> game at uh, E3, and it plays exactly like you think a Mario and Sonic game would. Like, it's kind of competent in most respects, but you realize after a while that you're impressed by how not bad it is, and not, and you don't realize the fact that it's not that good of a game. It's just a collection of, you know, Olympic-themed minigames, basically. And mediocre Olympic-themed minigames at that. Um, interesting thing is that they're going to have like some kind of super Olympic relay where it goes from like skiing to bobsledding to whatever the fuck, like snowboarding. And so they're going to have like a super combined event. And then also as you play online and earn medals, those medals go towards your nation's medal count. And you can see on like a world map, how many medals each 
players in every country have. That's kind of neat. That's something. It's it's a lot more than I'd expect. Because <laughs> yeah, I would expect very true. little. Yeah. Yep. Um, they talked about We Party U. Are any of you guys interested in We Party U coming out October 25th? Nope. Not enough to spend money on it, but I'm impressed that it looks good. <laughs> I don't, I, I just the games they chose to show off in this Nintendo Direct. Like the one where you put the gamepad on the ground and then you use the Wii Remote to scoop up water from a yeah, stream and then move it that? over to like the television and pour it into a vase. It's just like the most boring looking thing I've ever seen. That's what they're advertising. Yeah. So you can you can scoop water, uh, or you can stand around the gamepad in a circle and move your hands around and walk around the gamepad, and that's some kind of dancing game. Okay. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I want that right now. There's a really super innovative game in which uh, you take turns, you and your friends take turns holding down all of the buttons on the controller. That one's going to be a lot of fun. <sighs> these are real video games. I didn't make these <laughs> And then uh, if you buy the retail version only, because you can't download plastic, unless, like, like, unless you have a 3D printer, um, <laughs> you could, uh, you could, if you buy the retail version, you get a horizontal stand for the gamepad, so you can put it on a TV, and it won't wobble around while you're playing foosball with your friend on the gamepad. Killer app right there. Yeah. Yep. They should That's... make a 3D printer version available of it. I should be able to download that and then take it to like the university and get them to 3D print it for me. How many I mean, 3D printers are easily available like in well, the world? That's why I just said I go to the university. I mean, you can okay. buy one for like $1,000 or something now. They're not they're coming down in price every day. Yeah. I mean, look, I I bought um Kid Icarus for the stand, so I'm going to have to buy this one for the stand too. <laughs> Did you buy it for the stand like you didn't care about like the game was second? No, I'm 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 joking. Stand first. Oh, wow. As, okay. It turns out that the game is second. Because it sucks. Oh, that's why you didn't like it? No. Uh, um, but so, uh, the stand is useful. Okay. More news uh, in the realm of, of Sonic. He will be playable in Smash Brothers once again. Oh, boy. I hope yeah. Snake's back, too. I wonder. I'm, I don't, I'm kind of... I don't know if Snake will come back. It's, it seemed obvious to me that Sonic would be coming back. Mm. Out of curiosity, while we're on the topic of Smash Bros, do either of you guys think that they are playing it dramatically safe and they're just trying to make... A brawl that more people like. Yes. Yeah. That's fine. That's all they need to do. Is, and they need to true. make the online play work. Well, I'm still interested to see their reason for making it on 3DS and Wii U. Oh, so they could sell it to you twice. Well, I, yeah. I understand that. But what's their excuse going to be? So they could sell it to you twice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're... They've, they've been doing it with Pokemon for years, Zach. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, let's see. We got some news on Pikmin. Pikmin has DLC mission levels now. Sonic, by the way, not nearly as cool as, as Mega Man. No, not as cool as Mega Man. And Mega well, Man's no. more interesting, especially since the Sonic looks like it's repurposed from Brawl, but with now it has a Lost World stage. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. But we'll get to that game. Oh, boy. Next up is the Pikmin 3 uh, DLC update released yesterday or October 1st. Uh, so you get a free mission level, an extra treasure hunt mission level, and you can buy four more of them for $2, which is a crazy bargain. Like, that's a, I'm surprised that they charged that little for them. 50 cents a level? I would expect $5. I don't know. It's, I kind of wish the DLC was story-based. I, I didn't even play the mission I, mode that much. I kind of like mission mode. It's very, like, if I just want to play a little bit of Pikmin, if I only have, like, 20 minutes to play the game, it's really great to play mission mode. Yeah. Do the same level, like, Two or maybe three times. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, and I get Nintendo's initiative to make DLC that isn't in any way required to enjoy yeah. the complete experience, and I, I totally respect that. It just doesn't appeal to me. They're not they're not Assassin's creating it. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the yep. mission mode obviously is not going to appeal to everyone, but if it does, but you like it, two bucks gets you four more levels. They also announced uh, worldwide high scores are now in Pikmin. I guess the ones you were seeing before weren't quite all of them or something. It was <laughs> kind of, I don't understand. They didn't really explain it well because I think they over-explained the shit out of it. By the end of this like two-minute segment on Pikmin high scores, I had almost no idea what the point of it was. As long as the leaderboards don't uh, hard-lock my system like DuckTales. <laughs> well, it's, what's important now is that you now know that there's a guy out there who beat the entire first mission, which normally takes, is allotted seven minutes time. He beat it in like three minutes and 15 seconds or something and got like literally 100% of it in three under three and a half minutes. So really, there's no point of you even trying. I wonder what that <laughs> looks like, though. I want to see that. I want to see a game. I want to see a gameplay video of that guy just destroying that level. I, w- I would learn a lot from it, I bet. Uh, there was a bunch of third party stuff. I don't know if any of this is that important. No, none of Read it's Read it, important. and I'll tell you no. <laughs> uh, Etrian Odyssey is out. Mm. Or as I like to call it, E-Train Odyssey, the real train <laughs> simulator. <laughs> and if you buy the first first run of it, you get like a soundtrack and a book or some shit. Um, there you was know, a lot I of watched, inform- I watched the trailer for that game, and I didn't understand what was going on. I think it's like a... Ro- is it a roguelike? Yep, it's a, uh, okay. it's a hardcore, first-person, dungeon-crawling uh, RPG. Yep. That sounds horrible. It's it's for someone. It's for Guillaume. It's for it's for people who love <laughs> that genre, and those people love the shit out of it. Like, good on them. Uh, there was a bunch of info on Just Dance 2014. You can now pretend to dance in your living room on the internet. Nice. Yeah. And if you weren't selfish enough, uh, there is a new mode where when you play it, you get to stand in front of your friends as opposed to next to them. <laughs> oh, boy. To give you the real center of attention. Um... Uh, Neil would probably fire me if I didn't mention that they talked about Skylander's Swap Force. (laughs) You can switch the tops and the bottoms of the toys now. Yep. They're still, they're still cheaper than Disney Infinity though, right? Yep. That's, that's what matters. Quite a bit. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes looks, if you're a Lego fan, this one looks like it's going to be really fun. Just like the other Lego It's got Lego, it's got Lego Hulk and Lego Asgard. So... Is it going to be the, more? Is it going to be more like those episodic games like Batman, or is it going to be more like Lego City Undercover, which is amazing? It's going to be more like the traditional Lego games, not, yeah, not Lego City Undercover. That's what can't they go back. Really. Can't go back. I, I think they're going to stick with that formula for the most part. Lego City Undercover was like a breath of fresh air, like Lego game that's way above all the other ones. Yeah, it still is. Still need to play that game. Uh, let's see. Arkham Origins Blackgate is coming out on October 25th. That's like the only thing they said about it. Huh. <laughs> uh, Sonic Lost World is out October 29th. It's got parkour. Wow. Yep. It looks really good. I've not played a Sonic game in like probably over a decade, and I'm kind of interested in this They've one. They've been pretty good lately. It looks like Sonic par- Galaxy, basically. When you say parkour, do you mean parkour like Assassin's Creed parkour? I don't know. All I know is that the guy from Nintendo was really excited that there was parkour in this game. <laughs> I have, uh, did you get a chance to play it at E3, Alex? I did, and uh, here's a surprise. The 3DS one, which would generally be considered the secondary or lesser version, is actually 
the better one. It has much tighter controls. The Wii one, I'm sure they might have fixed it to some degree, but the controls felt a lot looser. Like, it was kind of hard to feel complete control, which I guess is a problem I've had with other Sonic games. And also, yeah, it's a Sonic thing. to bring yeah. up draw distance, it was kind of bad in that game. And if you watch the trailers closely, you can actually see stuff pop in uh, pretty frequently. That's not good. Nice. The game that moves that quickly, you really need to feel. Yeah, but it bothers far. me and more than most people yeah. I've noticed. Um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag is a game, and it's got more boats than like the 400 other games in this series. I like the third <laughs> one, kinda. I might play this one eventually. They're good I games. I didn't play the. Th- I wanted to play the third one, but I never got around to it. I feel like it can't possibly be as good as two. That's why I'm not playing it. Yeah, but that setting. I like the setting a lot. The American Revolution. It's got a good setting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ace Attorney. Uh, I guess, does it come out at the end of the month or is it available now? Because when I yeah. went on to download the demo, it looked like it was out now. It is available October 20-something. And then the demo okay. is out now. It looks like the demo that was at E3, but I am not sure because I didn't want to play it since it's coming out in a few weeks and I really want to play the full game. I'm very, very excited about a demo for this game because I've never played an Ace Attorney game and I've heard good things about them, but it's the kind of game where I wouldn't want to buy it unless I knew I would like it in advance. Yeah, it's also the fifth main one in, which and it's a pretty story-heavy series. They say they're making it a lot friendlier for newcomers, but it is something to consider. Well, if I like it, maybe I'll go back, but I'm going to try the demo first because it's downloading right now. Nice. <laughs> um, Nintendo was very excited to tell us that they cannot yet tell us about their new indie game deals that they've made because they're going to IndieCade like soon. I want to see, but he was. I love that he was like, "I cannot wait to tell you this news, but I'm going to wait and not tell you right now." I'll be right. very interested to see uh, where their plan with the indies, like when it's finally realized. I don't believe it's finally realized yet. How it stacks no. up with the PlayStation 4's "We Love Indie" huge campaign. I think they're going to fall somewhere in between Microsoft and Sony. Yeah, in the long run. I could see that. I would like to see them be the number one indie developer because I feel like if they were, that would be a huge asset for them. And it just seems right because all the indie developers pretty much grew up playing Nintendo games. Yeah, but Sony's putting in that leg that legwork. Yeah, they really. I mean, they really are doing a lot more. So they're going to probably be ahead. Um, we got news from Eric in the Treehouse. Uh, you can download a. You can download links like opening shirt from Wind Waker. You can download it in uh, in Animal Crossing now. You can QR code it. It was kind of crazy how they uh, they didn't have like, oh, you can go to this link and down or uh, open your Animal Crossing and use this QR code at this link. Instead, no. they recommended that you pause the Nintendo Direct at that section and just do it. Turn right on there. your 3DS and do it right there. Go yeah, on, we'll, we'll yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could go. They said, you know, come back later, watch it on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, the dude Eric was wearing like Link's shirt, and I fucking want it. I want. That I thought shirt. they were I want promising that shirt it really bad. Like as part of a I know. bundle. He was like, "Look, I'm wearing this shirt inspired by Wind Waker. You can download this shitty digital version <laughs> of it, but I've got the. Real <laughs> I want that shirt, Eric. I would wear that out in public. Yeah, I would wear that once a week at least. Great shirt. Put it in. Gotta get orange please. pants too. I want that shirt. Um. He showed off the Nintendo 2DS, just to remind us that it's coming out on the same day as Pokemon. Yep. I might, I might buy one. You might buy I a might 2DS? I might buy one and use it for my Pokemons. It ah. might be my Pokemon machine. 
Why don't you just use the one you already have as your Pokemon machine? Because I want a 2DS, and I need a reason for it. But you're not oh, going to get okay. to play those amazing-looking battles in 3D. Are they amazing-looking in 3D, well, though? Well, since people really? already have demo impressions, and I guess this wouldn't be spoiling it, the battles do look really, really incredible, and they look like the best things on 3DS. Actually, the embargo's going Damn to be it. up by the time uh, this goes up, so I can say that much. Hooray! Um, Street Pass Relay stations now, like, in just the very short time that they've been available, they've upgraded them so you'll now get the last six people who passed to the station instead of just the last one. That's kind of nice. Which is fantastic news. Like, Street Pass has been basically, like, useless unless you live in a major city in America, but now it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. Especially now, now. I just need to find places that are Nintendo zones. I know Best Buy is. Best Buy, I think, like, every McDonald's is a Nintendo zone. Yeah, there's like a bunch. And a lot of them are like retail, like Wi-Fi partners kind of. So if this company has Wi-Fi at like every McDonald's, guess what? Now every McDonald's is a Nintendo zone. Oh, cool. Uh, we are finally, 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 finally next year getting a game that came out within like the first couple months of the 3DS launching in Japan, Braverly Default. Oh. And it has like the fucking worst voice acting <laughs> yeah, I noticed that immediately as I was watching the uh, Nintendo Direct. It does not sound good. No, I think there was one guy, I forget what his name was, it was like the pretty boy looking guy, his voice sounded alright, and the other three characters all sounded. It's a good JRPG though, I can overlook awful voice acting. It looks like old school Final Fantasy, like all the spell names were like Blizzara and stuff like that, and there was a giant crystal at the end, so it's bas- it seemed to me like it's basically old school Final Fantasy game. That could be it good. could be good. Could be. If you're into those games, I'm sure you'll probably love it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you could also read like tons of reviews because it's been out in Japan for years. <laughs> I also like that the sequel is called For the Sequel. Well, isn't it like the update? It's like it's not actually the sequel. It's the battle system that's going to be in the sequel. So it's like, oh, is that it? So it's like the repurposed original game for the, when the sequel comes out. Like they're introducing oh, you to funny. concepts that are in the sequel. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but that's what I interpreted it as. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think that's the oh. version we're getting before the sequel. Oh, well, that's good. At least we're getting, you know, yeah. the most current version of this year's old game. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we can get to the end of the Nintendo Direct where they gave us a good chunk of information on Link Between Worlds. I'm looking forward to this game oh, most oh out of all of them. Why is that? Well, because I like. 2D Zelda games, and I like Link to the Past, and I like the idea that I can tackle the dungeons in theoretically any order, based on the fact that you can buy the major items from a store. Rent them. Or you or rent them. I assume at some point in the game you'll probably gain access to all of them in your inventory, but it sounds like they'll probably be... They say, He said a majority of the game, so it sounds like you'll probably go through like maybe one two or three dungeons at the beginning, like, in order to set up the story. And then after that, they're going to let you go to this shop and, like, grab an item, go to whatever dungeon you want, go right. back, get a different item, go to a different dungeon. That's, I mean, that is kind of a huge deal when you think about it, because what was the last Zelda game where you could really tackle the dungeons out of order? I think it might have been the original. Yeah, that's, that's the impression I got <laughs> when I saw this stuff. It looked like they were taking direct inspiration, where you can buy all the stuff in the shops, or I guess rent in this case, but still same idea, and then tackle the dungeons in any order, which sounds cool, 
But I'm also skeptical of that because I actually really like finding new cool uh, yeah, gear in dungeons. Which and I, yeah, hope, I like finding the gear in the dungeon. I hope that they actually have new gear in addition to the stuff you rent. But that might be a pipe dream. There may be uh, some, and I'm sure all the dungeons seem like they are still going to be based around individual items. You just won't get that item in the dungeon. You'll get it right before you go to it. Yeah. Right. I kind of like. I don't know, we'll see. It's a huge deal for them to change this. Honestly, it seems like a it minor is, yeah. thing to talk about, but it's it's like this is Awato is talking about how it's basically a core philosophy of Zelda games that you find the item in the dungeon and you use that item to solve a majority of the puzzles and probably beat the boss in that dungeon. Right. And they are totally changing that. I want to see the uh, story. It, it, this would be like if they put Metroid in order and made it linear. Yeah. Basically doing the opposite. So, so like uh, other M, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see the nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see the story conceit that turns Link into a hieroglyph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I love the art style of this game. It's unlike yeah, it any does other, look good. It does. It look seems good. like they really tried to take Link to the Past and make it look like a modern game. It looks like they tried to take the production art from yeah. Link to the Past. It's really interesting the way it looks. I'm I'm very excited about this game. They still have not announced a special edition 3DS XL, like Zelda edition. It's going to happen. Still crossing my fingers and hoping that it will happen because I want 3DS, but I want it to be a Zelda one or an XL specifically. Um, the shop is owned by Ravio, or I guess is it Ravio or, or yeah, Ravio? He is not Nabbit. He looks like Nabbit. <laughs> he is not Nabbit. It is merely I- coincidence. Stop asking them about it. <laughs> It's the it's the Zelda universe Nabbit. Yeah, I mean they've done that, you know, like Marin in in uh in Ocarina of Time is Mario. What? I'm surprised like Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Their people are getting all up in arms about like this looks like Nabbit. Well yeah, they've done this in like a lot of Zelda games. Yeah. It's gotta be like a joke. Those get, I mean, those, that's how they do it. It's, it's, they're just joking around with the Mario guys saying like, you know that character you designed that looks totally stupid? We made it much cooler. <laughs> Put him in our Zelda game. <laughs> he looks really cool. He looks like a dude. Almost looks like a wizard wearing like a weird rabbit hood. Yeah, he does. Did you guys notice anything else cool about that or anything you want to say about Zelda? Uh, I, well, if they pull this off and they make it really easy to know which items you need for which dungeon, I'll be totally cool with this, or at least I'll give it a fair shot without being too judgmental. The thing I'm worried about is I don't want them to give me absolutely zero guidance like in the original Zelda, yes, and correct. for me to have to wander around, and oh, now I need the boomerang? Well, I didn't have the boomerang when I entered, so now I'm going to have to go halfway back to the dungeon, go out of the dungeon, wander back to town, buy a boomerang, go back, and oh, now I need the bombs. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw in a screenshot like the outside of one of the dungeons seemed to have like these kind of like almost like hieroglyphs, like bright colored icons outside of it. This is what you're gonna need. I think those icons might correspond. It kind of looked like almost like a bow and arrow icon. So I'm thinking maybe. Well, this is telling me if if you're even gonna walk in here, you're gonna need the bow. Okay, that's good. And I I would assume if they're smart, is the very first room in every dungeon is gonna require that dungeon's item, so you cannot get even get into the damn place without it. I like that idea. Or have the they're very have good at the making these things. Have the dungeon that requires the hammer to be walled off by those pegs. Yeah, exactly. So you need the hammer to get past the pegs and even walk into the dungeon. That's what I would guess. Mm. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm honestly excited about this game. Yep. Uh, more so than um, any other game at, 
that they showed. I think it's this or Super Mario 3D World are it's probably going to be my favorite Nintendo game of the year. It's a good year for Zelda, by the way. We get Wind Waker and uh, Link to the Past too. Got a good couple yeah. of years. Yeah, Zelda's been Zelda's been good lately. Mario's kind of oversaturated, but Zelda's been chugging along at a good. Wait pace. a second. Wait a second, Alex. Are you referencing Skyward Sword? Um, Skyward Sword. I don't know. Good, Zach. You need to play nope. it. It's it's nope, it's a video game. It. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people have problems. I'm okay with all of them. You you made it to like in it would be like if you were playing Wind Waker and you made it to Windfall Island. I think that's like kind of the equivalent <laughs> of where you are in Sky Resort. You're fucking nowhere. Play it. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, really good. I beat it. And, it was and now good. that now that I can play my Wii games on the Wii rem- Wii gamepad, uh, maybe I'll finish it. Yeah, this wasn't talked about in the Direct, but I feel like we should talk about it. Well, we should cover one more thing. Very yeah. end of the Nintendo Direct, they gave us like maybe a minute a tease footage of a brand new Kirby game that looks like a traditional suck things up, get some superpowers, kill a bunch of cute-looking enemies Kirby game. Yep. Return to Dreamland Return to Dreamland yeah. style, which I really like. That was the last Kirby game and one of the only ones I, need to I play really that. loved. I need to play that. Um, well, Mike, what about uh, the... Um we're all we're all uh, heartbroken over the delay of Donkey Kong Country Returns to. Uh, oh, I thought Frozen we talked Banana about that Stand. earlier. Oh, no, we Who didn't cares? on the show. We mentioned it briefly. I mean, we can talk oh, yeah, about okay, it a okay. little. It's in February now. Uh, oh, that we did talk about. We yeah. did talk about it. Yeah. yeah, cut this out. I will cut this out. Yeah, no but yeah, a new Kirby game looks pretty. I mean, it looks like a Kirby game, and I like those. <laughs> I like very. I like those traditional Kirby games. Yeah, they are Those are good. kind of the only Kirby games I like. Yeah, the moving back and forth, like uh, foreground and background, that new mechanic seems pretty cool. Mutant yeah. Muds-esque, perhaps? Yeah, didn't yeah, uh, yeah. Wario on the Virtual Boy do that too? Yeah. Yeah. And then the newer Shantae games have done that. Well, it's a cool mechanic. Little Big Planet kind of does it. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's not exactly a new mechanic. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, looks yeah. like a very good Kirby game if you are into that traditional kind of Kirby game. Yeah. Mike, have you played Canvas Curse? Yes, I really liked Canvas Curse. Yeah, it's really good. And then I did want to talk about the Wii U system update since it's, I guess, kind of related to this Nintendo Direct. It, like you said, Alex, it was in the press release, but they oddly didn't talk about it during the show at all. Yeah. Um, they finally added a friends list icon to the bottom of the gamepad along with like the other five icons. Which probably was the first time for so many people that they even knew they had a friends list. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I bet. It's still inconsistent because the six icons on the bottom of the gamepad screen are not the same six icons you get when you press the home button. The, <laughs> sixth, the sixth icon is different. It's notifications on the gamepad screen and it's downloads on the home menu. Yeah. Why? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> it should be very... Cons- it's like no one over there has ever seen an iPhone or something. Like They just don't understand the basics of UI design, but whatever. It's clunky in a weirdly Nintendo, weirdly they, somewhat charming they way. It. Yeah, but we do now have a friends list icon, and Miiverse does seem, loading in and out of it seems quite quicker to me. That's true. And I like the little, uh, these are the different the clocks thing around the when world. It boots clock. up. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I like that too. So is it just Miiverse, a, though, that's faster? Out of cur- Sorry for interrupting, but is it just no, Miiverse that is faster? I don't know. Because that's what I was they most interested in. mention it. Loading in and out of Wind Waker doesn't seem to be any faster. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. I would I would think it's only a foot effect OS level stuff. When you load into the eShop now, you are given a little slot machine game to play for like 15 seconds. Oh, yeah, what's neat. that do? Have you ever won no, anything? I don't think it does anything. I think it's just there to make you forget about how long the eShop is taking to load. <laughs> it does take a long time. Yeah. Why couldn't they speed that up? I don't know, but they get, maybe they have, but they've also given us a slot machine. But the biggest part of this update is that you can now play Wii, Wii mode on your gamepad only but you cannot use the gamepad controls because the Wii can't recognize them. Right. So does the uh, does the gamepad camera thing work as a sensor bar? Yes. Yep. Okay. It's you got two play little... Pikmin 3 on it. Yeah, it's got two little LEDs, like infrared LEDs at the very... If you look in like that that bar with the camera, it's, there's kind of like a glossy part right in the middle, and that's the sensor bar portion. That is excellent because I have a really flat screen TV that cannot uh, use a Wii sensor bar. And I mean, it's going to be a small oh. screen, but I hope it works well. Has anyone tried it? No, I've not. It. I just can't see myself like I'm right now. I'm playing uh, Silent Hill: Shattered Memories, which is excellent, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't see myself putting the Wii gamepad down, you know, in front of me, and then kind of leaning way the heck back to use that the remote as a flashlight. Well, no, I think yeah. it's a good point. But I think it's also useful for people who don't have easy access to play the Wii, or Wii is a really huge hassle for the sensor bar reason. And now, like, if I absolutely need to play something, there's some kind of option. It'll be more useful for playing virtual console games. Even though you can't play them on the gamepad, you could just set the Wii up and then hold the Wii remote. That's a good point. Better than than nothing, I suppose. You'd have to keep the Wii remote in in a place where it's, it's being sensed. You couldn't just put it on your lap. If you, if you could, if you were just going to play a virtual console game. No, what I'm saying is like the, if any time, like if you're playing virtual console or a Wii game on your TV, the second the Wii remote points away from the uh, sensor bar in a way that, so so it's not lining up, it says, you know, we can't detect the Wii no, remote. No, it doesn't. Because if you're playing Mario, you're holding the Wii remote sideways and the camera part's in oh, your palm right. of your hand. You're right. It's never done, Zach. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm worrying about nothing. It would only do that if this. you were playing a game that needed the pointer, and if you looked yeah, away, you'd be yeah, like, yeah, oh, right. yeah, you need the pointer, dumbass. <laughs> That's true. Okay, never mind. I should write all, like, error messages that pop up on things, and it would just say, like, you need the pointer, dumbass. <laughs> uh, that was everything, I think, for the update. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about for Nintendo Direct? Was there what were your overall opinions on it? It reminded it reminded me that they have games coming out that I've already seen. Yeah, I was personally pleased that even though, admittedly, I am not the hugest Kirby fan, I am happy that they announced something big and substantial. And it wasn't like a Nintendo Direct Mini where they announced a virtual console game, and that was the <laughs> big hurrah for the Nintendo Direct, and then everything else was just release date updates. Now, it was re- I was really disappointed that they delayed Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, but I'm glad that they tried to make it a real Nintendo Direct, and they didn't just make it a press release that you have to watch. Yeah, they sure. gave us some solid info. I mean, it was, it was pretty much bookended. Like, I didn't care about almost anything in between Mario and Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> but the news we got on those games was good, especially all the new stuff we learned about Mario. Like, we learned a lot about that game in this, in this feature, and you should definitely go check out that. As awkward as it is, you should check out that, like, eight-minute Nintendo Minute 
video where they play completely through two of the levels. There's some of it looks amazing. Like the one level where uh, they're, I, guess, I don't, it's not a ghost house, but I guess they're underground and it plays a lot with the light and the shadow. And part yeah, of the game is played is completely cool. in silhouette. Cool. That looks so neat. They're, they're cribbing that from Donkey Kong yeah. Country Returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love it that I love it when they get more artistic with Mario. They kind of went through a phase where they wanted Mario games to like, kind of have like realistic settings, especially Mario Sunshine. Like it's it's a real place yeah. and all the places you go to like feel like full environments. And they've kind of moved past that now to they've almost taken they're using the original formula of just we're just gonna make levels and they can float in the middle of the sky. We don't care. They're just gonna be really fun. <laughs> yeah, but uh on that it does seem a little bit like they're moving a little bit away from the uh you start a level and then you go to the flag that was in the original three D land. It seems like the levels are a little more open now. Yeah, they definitely seem yeah, more open. Are. There's still a flag at the end, though. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I think Mario's gotten to a very good place. It's kind of gone one way and come back, and now it's kind of somewhere in the middle, and it's perfect. Yeah. I still want my 2D, hand-drawn, Rayman Origins-esque Mario game. With better physics? Yeah, with better phys- I mean Mario physics, but that kind of a graphical presentation. Yeah. I, yeah. At least some kind of hand-drawn Mario. Like if yeah. they went back to basics and I guess they made Mario, I guess 5 if you're getting real technical. Uh since World I guess was considered 4 in Japan, but like it just was, a yes. really back to basics Mario with a few power-ups and it's still 2D, but they uh they upgrade some things, which I guess New Super Mario Bros was in some respects. But I would like them to go even more basic than that, even if it's a one-time thing. Yeah, I like I like the way I like exactly where it is now, where it's kind of a modern interpretation of the classic style. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's wonderful. But now we're getting off topic, and we shouldn't do that. So if you guys don't have anything else to say about Nintendo Direct, oh, I guess. Well, do you? Oh, I'm all set. Okay, uh, well, Zach, give me Mario Sunshine HD. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and give me that Zelda shirt. I want it. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, again. This is uh, Alex and Zach. I'm Mike, and uh, I guess we'll catch you in the next segment. Bye, guys. Yep. Bye. Adios. here and with me this week to talk about Pokemon X and Y is European European European's very own Don Koopman. 
you struggled there a bit. You know what? I just kept going with it. I realized that I could have said Europe, but you could just you could you could just have called me Euro trash and be done with it. I was too proud to go back, Don. Aww. So, we both reviewed Pokemon X and Y. I reviewed Pokemon X. Don reviewed Pokemon Y. Yes. By the time you hear this, you will know that we both gave the we both gave the game an eight, but for different reasons. And yeah, throughout the next half hour or so, you should hear those reasons. Mm-hmm. First off. I was interested in knowing what your first impressions are, Don. So my initial impressions, so I started the game, I chose Fennekin as my starter, because I like foxes for some reason. Don't question me why. I like the full <laughs> pics in the original generation, so I, it's like Firefoxes are something like a thing. I use Firefox as my browser, so hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I chose Fennekin, um, I went on my trip, um, played for like the first few hours, and quickly went to the first gym. It was easy, of course, because it was a bug gym, so for me it was like easy to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and after and after that, and I completed the gym, it said, so you now can have Pokemon up to level 30. And this is when a first, like, alarm bell started ringing in my ears. Like... Well- couldn't that didn't that happen at some points before? Like I remember early on, uh, gym badges allowed you to trade Pokemon that were significantly higher level mm-hmm. than uh, the ones you have now. Like I think that's been around since the beginning. Yeah, but it's it's it's, it's never been like directly up to level thirty. Okay. Uh, so it, it has always been like smaller steps uh, along the way, but never like a huge step directly on the first batch. Hey, you can have le- Pokemon up to level thirty now. It's like, huh? Okay, that seems a bit off from previous games. I said, okay, let's keep going. So I went to the big city, which is Luminous City, Luminous? Mm-hmm. Um, and rocked there around for a bit. Uh, got, like, also a Kanto starter, which is, like, a good thing. Picked up some yeah. other Pokemon along the way, like Pikachu. And um, and that's another thing. Uh, there are a lot of Pokemon from previous generations in the grass in the grass and other fields and places. Um, which I don't really mind. I think you had a bigger problem with that, but we get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I felt that the gap between, like, the first and second gym were gigantic. Yes, it was, uh, like, the first gym was normal, like, 12 to 15 type thing, and then by the second gym, I think you were up to, like, level 30 Pokemon that you were up against. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I was very close to level thirty, and I was kind of worried actually. That it was like, oh, I, I, is everything going to be around in the end? My Pokemon are all, always up to the cap already, mm-hmm. and the the thing was, it, it has become very easier because of a new item called Experience Share. Yeah, well, I think it's a repurposed old item. Like it's made it. Well, they've sort of turned it into the easy mode. Yes, but it has it has more significant more value in the, this game than in the previous installments, really. Yep. Um, which helped me a lot because I I like to have my games a bit more streamlined. Uh, because I don't always have the time to finish like gigantic games, but when they are a bit more streamlined, I find myself having more fun. So I was like, yeah, this is this is great, but towards almost coming towards that gap, I was like, get on with it already. My Pokemon are always up to the level cap. <laughs> and then, um, well, finally that, that gym happened, got my second batch. And after that, 
it started progressing as a regular Pokemon game again. Yeah, uh, they had it had very weird pacing, specifically at the beginning. Yeah, and then it went right back to normal at the end. Like you still fight the evil team at around the same points that you did in previous games. Mm-hmm. You still do the same stuff you did in previous Pokemon games. It's not bad. I mean, it's still a great game. But it was surprising how it went from this new crazy idea with the EXP share and much more significant leveling progression between badges, and then it just turned into a normal Pokemon game. Yeah, because after that level 30 gap, it just raises every single time like 10 levels. Yeah. So that was a a weird case in that example. Um, But, yeah, so the... The new team, like Team Flare, um, yeah. I didn't really like, um, I will be honest, I didn't really like Pokemon Black and White, especially with like N and uh, Team Plasma. I, f- okay. I felt they just were like <laughs> the Pokemon version of Peter. I thought it was interesting, though, how they twisted at the end, how they're like, oh, they're finally going to do this thing where uh, Pokemon deserve to be free. They can't have trainers. But then they twisted at the end and they're like, no, we're just an evil team. We're fucking with you. <laughs> I find this. I find the story like with Team Flare. We can't talk about it much, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt um, it was less hokey than Pokemon Black and White. I think it still did similar things, where it took a semi-mature theme and then yeah. brought it down to a level anyone can appreciate. So, uh, for my first impressions, I chose Froakie, mm-hmm. and I think. I had a lot of the same impressions you did. I think quickly I want to go into explaining how the EXP stuff works. So that I think that's in my review. So basically, in previous games, as you know, when two Pokemon uh, enter battle and they're fighting against the same Pokemon, the potential experience points they earn would be cut in like half. Yeah. It's divided by the amount of Pokemon who participate. Mm-hmm. In this game, if you send out a Pokemon and then you switch it and then you fight uh, the same Pokemon with a different one, they both get the full experience points, which yeah. is very interesting. And like I checked it, it's not even like sh- it's not even like lessened a little. It's the exact same full bounty of experience points. Yeah. And the way this EXP share works is, uh, whenever you beat a Pokemon and you get experience points and you have this EXP share turned on, the every other Pokemon gets a percentage of the whole. I think it's around half. Hmm. And then uh, the Pokemon who actually fought in battle still gets the full experience points without losing any. Nice. Uh, which is, it's very interesting because I was a little bummed out at first that they added this easy mode, but I was much more okay with it when I realized that this is a significantly more challenging Pokemon game than any of the recent ones since, I would say, around Soul Silver. The thing is, I didn't really ha- had many struggles. I think I struggled a bit towards the end, but um, up to like the Gem and Luminous City, uh, I didn't have any issues whatsoever. Did you black out once? Because I did like three or four times over the whole game. Um, I think I black out twice. Okay, which is still more than I can say about Black and White and uh, Black Two and White Two. Yeah, Maybe fair I blacked enough. out once in between those two games, but those were especially easy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, the other first impression I wanted to talk about is slightly getting into our next topic, which is the setting of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think the setting of the game is extremely interesting because, like, uh, Unova was the United States. 
Mm -hmm. Um, The previous generations were parts of Japan. And, like, in black and white, yeah, it kind of felt like America in some spots. And in the previous games, yeah, I can see how they're going for Japanese Well, if it's black and white, there was also a lot of bridge porn. (laughs) That's 100% true. Uh, so Japanese, like you can, you can kind of see the inspiration there in the early generations. But in X and Y, they go full French with this one. Uh, yeah, they they do some other European inspiration, but I mean the trainer names and even the Pokemon names feel like they were made in France. Mm-hmm. And uh, people do casually drop French words into. I think even the a dialogue. professor does that. Uh, say more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was extremely interesting that it, I think for the first time, used a setting that felt like a real place. Yeah, the the thing is, uh, Luminous City really feels also like a European city in my regard. Like, because you have always this front and center piece, which was in France, is, has always been the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And around that, you have like these smaller parts, which is, they perfectly replicate like how a European city feels. Um, uh, and they also have cafes at like every single corner. Yeah, that, that's an extremely French thing. Yeah, I thought it was kind. Of, it was a cool touch, though. Yeah. Um, I think before we get into gameplay, one last thing I wanted to ask was, uh, since this game is interesting in that it allows you to pick from like seven different languages, I was wondering which one you picked. Uh, I always pick English. Uh, I could have t- taken the option and went with the bullet and taken Japanese. Um, but I was like, or German, because I, also, I can also speak German. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said from no, I'm f- for the sake of the viewer, I'm gonna play in English. Okay, obviously, I only know one one language, so I only I did English too. Yeah, um, I I could have chosen another language, of course, but it's like, um, just for the sake of having a a theme of references, it's better to play it in English for now. It's so great that they do that, though, because it reminds me a lot of really old, like, Game Boy Advance, and I think before that games, mm-hmm. when a lot of games would actually feature multiple regions on the cart, which was really cool. Yeah, I think the original Tokitori on uh, Game Boy Color even had Japanese also on the cart. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, moving on, uh, the big thing about a new Pokemon game is what changed in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So, starting off, Obviously, this is a this is a hundred percent a Pokemon game. Yeah, you still get the badges, you still fight the evil team, you still do the Elite Four, you still uh, it's still an RPG about uh, abusing elemental weaknesses. But there were a few interesting things this time around. There were new battle types. There were horde encounters, which are encounters where you fight five low-leveled uh, wild Pokemon at once, which is yeah. fine. Now I mm. you know here's the thing about horde battles and we'll get into the other type okay. a little bit later. I didn't totally didn't care for them. I was like, this feels like the most stupid thing they've ever done. <laughs> it's like battling yeah. these five like lo- low leveled creatures is more of an annoyance than it is fun. Um, yeah, the same criticism carries over, in my opinion, to the other battle type, which is sky battles, which are completely optional battles. Yeah. Where you can go to places of elevation and agree to fight a Sky Trainer who has all uh, either flying type Pokemon who can fly, which is something I have to specify yeah. because some Pokemon cannot. And then uh, Pokemon with abilities like Levitate, like Haunter, who can float in the air. 
and I didn't actually do any of these I, until I, I did, after I beat the game. I did two of them, and I was like, no, I don't want to do these anymore. Because I, think, I, yeah. Yeah, like I have to always had one or two on, on my team. I, a few, I made a few changes along the way, but mm-hmm. not many. Um, but it was like, I really don't care for these. That's the big problem with this, and I think it's the big problem that Black and White had with rotation battles and triple battles, where when they were introduced, there were what, like one or two in the game total? Mm-hmm. And then in this one, they're completely optional, and they're not even that great. They're pushed off to the side. Yeah. Quickly speaking of which, I don't know if you noticed this, but I thought it was extremely interesting that outside of very specific situations, there are no triple battles or rotation battles to be seen. It's all double and single. Yep. I I, I kind of feel sad in the in the perspective of rotation battle because it was at the at the time it was such a neat idea. Yeah. Uh, but seeing it completely gone almost was like, man, that's that is a bit of a bummer because it's a better idea than the horde and than sky battles. If you, oh. if you, if you look at it from a bot perspective, really. Yeah, definitely. And then those were kind of dull, but I liked the other two big changes to the new games. I did too. Which are the introduction of Mega Evolutions and mm. the Fairy type. Yes. First off, Mega Evolutions are in-battle evolutions that take place uh, in Pokemon who are already considered to be fully evolved, like Venusaur and Charizard and a bunch of other ones. Yes. And they only take place during battle. So you activate it, you fight in the battle, and then it goes back to normal it, but, at the end of the battle. But have to be said that you can only use this ability once, even if you have multiple Pokemon who can do it. Yep. So even if uh, all of them have their specific held item, which is how it works, mm-hmm. once you activate one, you can't even deactivate it and activate a new one. You only get one for the whole battle. Yeah. Which I really love, because it allows them to add a new layer of strategy... And it allows them to take some otherwise not that interesting Pokemon and make them interesting, but it doesn't break the balance that Game Freak has been trying to achieve for so many years. Definitely, I think um, the the thing is with uh, Mega Evolutions, I just like how they look. I think yeah. I think I think they're freaking amazing. There are so many that I want to talk about that haven't been announced yet. Yeah, yeah I think that, some of that, the that, coolest that, ones yeah, are the that, ones who haven't been announced. That kind of eats me up inside because I have this uncovered like some recent ones that are not uh, on the list of which we can talk about, but they yeah. are they are so amazing. They are so really yeah. good. But even the ones that we can talk about, I mean, I have uh, Mega Lucario and Mega Venusaur. I I freaking love those. I I, I, yeah. feel, I feel that they add like this extra layer of strategy, and they look flipping awesome. I so, think one of the things I'm uh, I'm bummed out a little though by is that I chose Venusaur because I always choose Bulbasaur, and I don't regret that decision, but I do regret it a little bit because I didn't choose Charizard, and I have X version, which means I found out about Mega Charizard X at the same time that the rest of the world did. Yeah, that, like th- pissed me off just a little. Uh, for me, it was also a bit of a pissy situation because I was like, um. Really, I was already with Fennekin, so I didn't want to choose like another fire starter. Yeah. Um. So I chose Bulbasaur because that's what I felt most satisfied by, and I was like, "Hey, Bulbapedia of that website." It's like all yeah. these Pokemon references in my head. Okay, I'm gonna choose Bulbasaur then. And then I saw like the evolutions of Cherish. I was like, "Ah, oh, 
yeah, that that looked like fun. Maybe when I get um, when I get the other version, I will try that. Well, the reason why I don't regret choosing Bulbasaur ties directly into our next point, which is fairy type Pokemon. Hmm. Fairy type is a new type, which seems like it was designed for two purposes. Yes, it was designed to be something to be strong against dragon. And it was designed for a couple of types to have something new to be strong against, like poison and maybe steel, but I know at the very least poison is the big one. Yes. So Bulbasaur, when I chose that, I just chose it because I already had a water type, which was Froakie's final evolution. Mm -hmm. I already had a fire type, which was Pyroar, which has been announced. Mm -hmm. And then I needed a grass type. And Venusaur fit in really well, especially when I realized that his poison moves took out fairy types extremely easily, which made me very happy. Not only because I had something that could fight against the new type, but also that the fairy type fits in so snug to the type balance already. Yeah. It feels like it belongs there, and it feels like it balances everything out properly. And that's not only in part because of what they chose it to be strong against and weak against, but also because mm -hmm. they populate it with a lot of fairy types, including a lot of new ones we don't know about yet officially, and a lot of old ones that we don't know about yet officially. I think Meryl is a fairy type as well, and I have an uh, yep. Azumarill now, which is a nice combination of a fairy and a water type. So, Yeah, it uh, the game does this really cool thing where some of the fairy types who our old Pokemon reintroduced as fairy types are Pokemon that didn't get a lot of attention before, mm -hmm. but now they have a little bit of new life breathed into them. And I'm specifically thinking of one generation two Pokemon that I don't know if I can say the name of, but you know, the, you know, the exact one I'm talking about. Yeah. It's, it's such a forgotten Pokemon that them reintroducing it as fairy almost makes it a new Pokemon. Greetings podcast listeners. This is Debbie Gluesband, co-founder and senior event organizer of StreetPass Long Island. If you live in the New York metro area and you're excited for New York Comic Con at the Javits Center, we invite you to a very special panel about StreetPass groups and Pokemon X and Pokemon Y on Saturday, October 12th from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. in room 1A10. Join us with StreetPass NYC, Pokemon DS NYC, and the official Castelia Pokemon League as we give a history on how Pokemon games have driven the innovation in Nintendo handheld gaming, and how Pokemon X and Pokemon Y are going to push the Nintendo 3DS and Street Pass to a whole new level. In addition, we will also have awesome Nintendo and Pokemon prizes to raffle out after our Q&A that you can only get at our presentation. Make sure to bookmark our panel, Nintendo Community, Street Pass, Pokemon and Beyond, at www.newyorkcomicon.com. See you there! Regardless of any minor or major complaints we'll have throughout any of our talk about these games, I love both of these new features. Mm -hmm. um, the one other one I love that is also new to X and Y mm -hmm. is the updates in how characters move. It used to be that characters moved in four directions, up, down, left, right. It was on a clear grid, and everything worked perfectly Uh in the means of them trying to make it easy to calculate wild Pokemon and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, since we're on 3DS, they have new types of movement. Now you can move in at least eight directions. 
though in some situations you can move in 16, mm-hmm. or with free movement. And then they also introduce the roller blades, which are a new uh, mechanic of getting around. You automatically put them on when you use the circle pad. Yes. And it allows free movement and pretty fast movement that's faster than running, but not quite bicycle level uh, throughout almost the entire map. Mm. And I really like these new updates. I um I really like them too. I think the, the thing I like the, the most is... like. When you use the circle pad, you have this free movement of the rollerblades, but if you don't really like that and think it's a bit clunky, you can still like switch over easily to the D-pad and then walk about more easily and then run with the B-button. Mm. So you have, there's a choice for you there. You can use a bicycle, you can use, use the rollerblades. It's all freely in the way that you want to play. Which, yeah. which I, like, I like that feature. I like that you have the option of going as fast and the way that you want to go. If I had one tiny, tiny complaint, though, mm-hmm. I wish the uh, the rollerblades had some kind of option to not be triggered automatically with the circle pad, because I don't want to move around with the D-pad on the 3DS, and sometimes I do just feel like running mm. normally. Um, so that's one problem, how the rollerblades are automatically activated unless you walk with the D-pad. Mm. Uh, and lastly... Uh, the new gameplay things we want to talk about are Super Training and Pokemon Ami. Yes. Super Training is this new thing that allows you to improve and track the hidden values. I believe it's IV. It's either IVs or EVs. It's uh, it's one of those uh, hidden things that are in the stats of Pokemon. Yes. But now you can track them, and now you can boost them through these mini games, which. Has to do with it's, throwing it's, balls. It's, 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 it's pretty. It's pretty much you are in a European football stadium, not American football, European football. Mm-hmm. So like what you guys call soccer. Yep. But that was which is a stupid name anyway. Uh, <laughs> and you shoot them at this gigantic Pokemon balloon, and that will raise your stats. Yep. And I thought it was okay. I didn't really use it until after I beat the game for the purpose of review. But I think there are people who can get a lot of good use out of it. I barely used it, but it was it was fine enough. Yeah. Yeah. Which um the other thing though, uh mm-hmm. can we go directly into that Pokemon and me? Um yep. which I used more because of evolution reasons. Because because I had to for friend for the friendship levels you have to uh use the friendship for a from evolving a Zuril to Marill. Um, and I use that a lot to get that Pokemon evolved. But I I used it for the sole purpose of, for example, that. Where yeah. when I when I get Pokemon more friendly towards me, you really have to use that in some evolutions. In the previous games, this was u- used in a friendship stat, which um, I didn't really enjoy. Uh, but I, I found this way more fun and way more interactive, really. So does this tie directly into friendship, or does it have its own stat? No, it, it ties in directly to your friendship meter. Okay, good. Um, yeah, Th- this is this fr- is this is how you now evolve like friendship-based evolutions. Okay, that makes so much sense. All right. So, and for Pokemon and me, I barely used it until after the credits either because I wasn't trying to evolve anything with friendship. Well, I uh, I, I directly got Azuril, and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I have to evolve this with uh, friendship, huh? 
It's like, mm-hmm. I didn't see a friendship stat in, like, any of this. Do I have to use... Oh, do I have to use Pokemon on me? And then I got it. It's like, oh, this is this is way more interesting now. <laughs> yeah, it was an okay feature. I don't usually like the side stuff that Pokemon games introduce. So the fact that this is a Nintendog sort of thing, which has some effects, I guess it can raise your friendship. I guess it can... Uh, well, I know for a fact it can have some, like, battle effects. I don't know if you noticed those. Yeah, they become more um, more ready to battle. Um, yep. Yeah. But, uh, I noticed critical hits went up. That's true, yeah. That that happened as well. But I, I usually most it for, for Azurail and getting that evolution done. Which mm-hmm. was, in itself, was a nice way of getting it done. Yeah, at the very least, I like that these are side features that actually tie into the gameplay. Yeah. Um, presentation. Next up. You said, mm-hmm. and I half quote, that you thought the game looked beautiful in a lot of ways. Yes. And we're not going to talk about the stuff that we're going to talk about in a minute, but just the art by itself. Uh, what do you think of that? I I really enjoyed it a lot. I mean, they have different styles. Like, the battles are like these fully polygonal, like, Pokemon Stadium-style battles. And Pokemon Stadium is such a key word, because if you remember those games, the attacks in this game look so much like Pokemon Stadium attacks, how they're just these huge uh, spectacles. Yeah. And when they faint, they do the exact same thing that Pokemon and Pokemon, po- Pokemon Stadium do when they faint, which is they have that little animation and then they fall down to the ground. Yeah, it's, then, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's super Pokemon. awesome. Super awesome. Yeah, the inspiration um, is pretty obvious. Yeah, definitely. And then the, the other thing is with, like, the overworld and, like, the inside areas. I really enjoyed viewing upon those. I mean, um, they don't... I mean, they don't look perfect. I mean, but I I liked the chibi style of it all. I can really appreciate that. And then the, how the way it looks and how the world looks um, makes me very appreciative that we have now this system that can run this stuff way better. Yeah. Uh I thought that the visuals by themselves, when you don't account for 3D and 2D, and we're not we're also not talking about battles because the battles look amazing, I felt that the overworld visuals were the same half-step from black and white uh, that black and white was to the fourth generation game. Uh, I, yeah, I found them better looking than black and white. I was, I was, I was well, like... Yeah, the, yeah well, it's obviously better looking, but it's the same half-step up, I thought. Yes, but for me, I, I, I know you find them unex- not really exciting. Um, I, I, I just adored the way that everything looked in the world, um, especially with how you use how they make then use of the camera angles and the dynamic effects. Yeah, they also have a lot of neat touches where, for character customization, you can now choose skin color at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and you can also change your hair and your clothing. And I was so impressed with how many clothing options there ended up being, though I did think they were a little too expensive. I I was swimming in money towards the end, so I just bought myself an entire new outfit. Well, oh, I was over uh, indulging myself in revives and full restores. Yeah, I, I, was, I was a bit more careful with those, but I still had a lot of money left. Mm, okay. So this ties into our last thing we want to say about presentation, which is the fact that the 3D and the 2D in this game is quite inconsistent. 
in battles, and I'm specifically talking about single battles. The battles are in full 3D. They look amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're cell shaded. They look great. Okay. And in some caves and in some uh, interiors, when you're in the overworld, it's also in 3D. And yep. that also looks really great. However, 90% of the time in the overworld and in any battle that's not single battle, so that includes horde encounters, that includes double battles, that includes triple and rotation too, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. It is all in 2D. Yeah. And uh, I believe Masuda said something along the lines of, we're doing this so you can appreciate the art. We're doing this because we think the 3D takes I, away I, I don't buy that at all. And in my opinion, what this actually does when you have things turning on in 3D and then turning off in 3D so often is that it creates this uncomfortable inconsistency. Yes. And it makes the game feel half-baked, even though I'm sure it isn't. The f- the thing is about uh, when you're playing this on a regular 3DS, you can notice going that light on and off. Um, and I put this on my uh, recording 3DS, my uh, my normal 3DS, my original Aqua Blue one. Did you get a code or a copy? A code. Oh, okay. So it's hard locked to that system. Uh, but I can could constantly see that light turning on and off. It's like this is really distracting. Um, but the the thing about a thing about that is is like I love the, the the way the overworld looks. I've I said it in a review. I said it to you just now. But I also believe that it would look even better in 3D. At least give us the option. I understand if you want to uh, protect kids or you really love the art. But, the, but just the, give us the option and recommend he said, something. He, he said that it was unable that they weren't uh, they were unable to do it in the overworld, which I find like a very shitty answer. That sounds like the shittiest answer, Don. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's total bullshit. Yep. I think I think that's that's totally fine. Look at other games how they're doing it. There's so many good examples on the 3ds out there inside North America or inside like Japanese games that were m- more than capable of doing this in 3D effects. I mean, even yeah. I, if we give a dumb example, even like the the later Inazuma Eleven games from level five. Are able to like do fully 3D walking environments in 3D. Yeah, there's a way they could have do it, done it, and I think they're doing this specifically uh, for the children reason. Because on the back of the physical box, they make a point that uh, there's only 3D in specific parts of the game. Yeah, but I I, I still believe that it's a dumb thing. And it's so terrible because, like, the game looks so great in 3D. I mean, yeah, it would have looked great otherwise in 3D. It I, looks I st- fine. I, st- but... I, st- I, st- I still uh, looks. I feel, still believe it looks great, but it looked without the inconsistencies. It would have looked even better. Yeah, and that's my biggest issue, really. And my second second biggest issue in the presentation has to do with the Pokemon Cries. Really, I thought they did a great job of making these not sound like uh, Game Boy sounds anymore. I feel that they barely feel improved at all. I think some of them, I would agree with you. Like Venusaur, it feels exactly like the Game Boy Cry, but a tiny, tiny bit updated. I I feel like even the new ones are not really spectacular in any fashion. And I feel that, like, we are now in 2013. 
you had twin, almost like so many years to involve this series. Do something with your freaking Pokemon sound effects. <laughs> you already put the attention of, of making all 3D models for all Pokemon. Add that additional little detail and you're completely off the hook. But no. Uh, that said, though, another side of the of the sound spectrum. The music is fantastic, though. I love the music. And you can tell it's not actually, like, orchestrated. But you can tell they're trying to make it really sound orchestrated. They I, put a lot of effort into making I, I, I it. I love, for example, like, the, the Pokemon Center sound. Mm-hmm. When you, like, all these, like, these little guitar effects, they they sound fantastic. And then my favorite, favorite song in the game is, I, I think this is something for people to look forward to. When you get to the Elite Four, that battle music is insane. Mm. I I also like um, the music when you are going into a different route, like the gate area. Mm-hmm. That music is also very soothing. Yeah, it's uh, they're they're not trying to play it all exciting anymore. Like every song, they try to make it exciting, or they would try really hard to make it uh, fit. Yeah, but now it seems like the Pokemon games are experimenting with their music just a bit more. Yeah, well, the, the the last game for me that really did like experiment with like having fun music was like the remake of Gold and Silver on DS, and they added also like a few additional routes to that, and that the music in there was very exciting. Oh. Uh, but uh, this is like the first time since then I was like, this music sounds extremely good. I want a soundtrack of that very soon. All right. Well, I think we need to move into our final game based point. And that is the Pokemon themselves. Yeah. And the two, there are two points I want to make on this. Sure. The first is that when me and Don were talking about the Pokemon designs, we had a very interesting disagreement. Yeah. I thought that the designs were a step down, hmm. and Don thought that they were, at the very, very least, uh, a step up from Pokemon Black and White. Yeah. And well, tell me something about that, Don. There were a few Pokemon in Pokemon Black and White that I personally found really offensive. Offensive? Yeah, like the the garbage Pokemon. <laughs> but that's like, that's no worse than Muck. <laughs> it's worse than Muck. It, 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 okay. I, I, I feel like it's creatively unbounded, so such a steep low. There is one very specific Pokemon in X and Y that is so much worse in the creativity department. I I, I, I know uh, there is one that I really don't like in in X and Y, mm-hmm. but most of them didn't really like feel me, make me feel bad in any way. I like there were a, a bunch of them that I've and black and white I was like, I don't really feel comfortable about this or even cap- capturing these. With X and Y, I was like, huh, this looks like another bird. Oh, fair enough. Uh, this 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 is a nice fairy to Pokemon. Oh, f- fair enough. So I was I was not, not like really like screaming in anger at these Pokemon. They were like more animal like to me most of the time. Which again, which which I like. And again, if you don't like these designs, there are still plenty of older Pokemon to keep you happy because they sprinkled them more around the mix. Yeah, uh, I think my big problem with the designs is that I don't think. Too many of them were really that bad. I think that at worst, most of them were just okay. But I also think at best, most of them were just okay. Which wouldn't be too much of a problem because I think there are other generations, like Generation 4, that has the same problem. 
but without saying anything that I'm not sure we're allowed to, there's a heavy reliance on using old Pokemon in this game. And I don't and less I reliance don't, on using new Pokemon. I don't really mind that though. I like how they repurpose a lot of old ones. I like that I can go into the grass and find a snubble who I haven't like thought about in years. I like that there's a far fetched uh that you can easily obtain so soon. Yeah. I think that uh seeing Pokemon especially who would have been considered rare, like Mr. Mime, just casually out and about is something that I really liked. I, f- I, f- I feel personally feel that having those old Pokemon there is totally not a problem. I, f- I, f- I personally feel that as Pokemon later progressed, especially with Black- Pokemon Black and White, I didn't feel always comfortable with using the new stuff mm-hmm. because I didn't feel really at home with them. But yeah. having a mixture in there makes me feel way, way more comfortable. Yeah. The uh, regional pro- Pokedex is extremely big. I won't say how many, but it's it's a way bigger regional Pokedex than they've ever had before. Yeah. And if you really want some old Pokemon like you do, Don, and that's totally fine, this game is built for you. It has just it has it has all the new stuff you'd want, but if you want a team of old guys, you can get that too. Mm. Meanwhile, I'm someone who plays Pokemon for the entirely new experience. New Pokemon, new experience, new content, etc. Yeah. And seeing the reliance on old Pokemon was a teensy bit disheartening to me. And maybe it went a little bit into my score. Yeah. I mean, we gave it the same score, but for me, there were different problems that weigh a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Um I, I, I personally didn't find really a, really an issue. I I liked having again, I like having that mixture mixture there. Um mm. and to kind of twist it in other terms, some of the Pokemon in X and Y I do really like. Like uh Skiddo and Gogoat are possibly one of my favorites really. Yep, I am a big fan of Litleo and uh I really like its evolution too. Yeah. I don't know if you train those. I have those, yeah, I have those. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's enough to like, really, and if you some don't like them, hey, there's still other stuff for you there. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's a personal thing, really. I It's it's not really a wrong way or, or a good way of looking at it. It's yep. more of a personal thing in what you like. Yeah, it's a difference in taste. Yeah. So lastly, tell me your final thoughts on Pokemon X and Y, Don. In the end, I really liked it. I think that the story was less hokey than Black and White ever was, mm-hmm. uh, because it didn't stick to its merits, and for some reason it went off the hook a little bit. Um, I feel that the subtle changes they made to the battles are very strong. I think that the game looks great. Um, again, I, I don't really like the inconsistencies in the presentation, though. I felt it was a bit of a bummer, and I felt that the first the gap between the first and second gym was insanely weird. Um, yeah. but overall, I did enjoy my time with it a lot. It's like the little things that kind of annoyed me, um, and that came that make me gave it an eight, eight in the end. And because I was debating for a long time what to give it in the end, but I feel like I feel very strongly about this eight, and I feel like the game also deserves an eight. It's still a very strong and solid game, but it has its fair share of smaller and inconsistent issues. Yeah. As someone who also gave it an 8, I feel like it deserves an 8 in a positive way and a somewhat negative way. Yeah. Because because it's a Pokemon game, 
you are getting an amazingly designed JRPG. It is still Pokemon. It is still great. Mm-hmm. And I want to stress that uh, to the end of the earth. Yeah. But in my opinion, it could have used a tiny, tiny bit more innovation in the gameplay. Uh, I was really bugged by the inconsistencies. The reliance on old Pokemon bothered me. And the longevity, which we didn't talk about too much, and uh, maybe it bothered you less, but the yeah. game is not as long from my perspective. Let's let's uh, so final are. points we can make. Um you I know you that you as you like really lengthy experiences. I said it earlier, I like them more streamlined. I like a lot of stuff to discover and I don't think this had that as much. Um I, I don't really go too much out of my way to discover much things. So for me a streamlined yeah. experience is more the way to go for me. Yeah. So for me it was like more tailor fit experience except for like that first two second gym gap. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. So, yeah, it deserves an 8, in my opinion. It's yep. a great game. I have some problems with it. You have some problems with it. I think all of our problems are justified in at least our personal way. Mm-hmm. And it's a great game. And if you want this new Pokemon game, it's not terrible. No. Maybe it's one of the weaker generations, in my opinion. I, but... from, for me, it's a step up from black and white, so... Okay, so Don thinks it's a step up from up and from black and white, so maybe you will too. And it's still a Pokemon game. Like, I said that a few times, but that's, like, the most I can say. Uh, I will make the final, final last point before we close. That's right, yeah, find a 100% less bridge porn. <laughs> there is far <laughs> fewer bridges in this game. You know what? Here's the final point. You may be disappointed that we couldn't talk about the multiplayer, and I really want to talk about the multiplayer because it sounds great. It sounds like it'll add that longevity we, that I we want. Can, I can tell you I've seen what all the online stuff and local multiplayer stuff entails in a manual, and so far I can tell it, it, it sounds great, but we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it, and even works. the point I wanted to make that I was sort of batting around is that we can't change our score includes what we were allowed to review yeah and what we could review because i i don't blame nintendo's fault for this i don't the online wasn't ready and there would have been no one we could play with but, well against one another but so maybe it's a better game than an 8 but the online is the big variable here that you're going to find in everyone's review score maybe it'll be a little higher than that after the online is considered maybe it'll be a little lower I know we are working on some kind of feature for after the launch. Maybe we should. We should maybe we to. should go back in two weeks and record another segment of what we think of the online stuff. Yeah, there's so much room to talk about this game, and I really want to talk about the stuff. Yeah, me that too. We can't talk about today because there's so much I want to talk about. I want to talk about these mega evolutions. I want to talk about the fairy type. Shall we? Shall we? Shall so we do? Let's 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 just state it on the podcast. Let me should we do a little time longer a spoiler cast. Yeah, we'll do a spoiler cast at some point. Sure. The, and we'll we'll probably even rope more people into this. Yeah, sure. That sounds fun, yeah. Alright. So that is a podcast, Don. Thank you for joining me. Yes, we made it. Pokemon X and Y is going to be available on October 12th worldwide. It is a great game. Uh, I'm sorry if our complaints bummed you out a little. I can't wait for you to read the review. Reviews. Bye, everyone. Bye.
this is Neil Ronahan uh, from NintendoWorldReport.com for this special segment of connectivity that if the audio comes out really shitty will probably be a bonus segment. If not, then it'll be in your regularly scheduled episode. Um, I'm here with Justin Baruby and Jared Rosenberg, and we just came from an appointment with Nintendo where we got to play a lot of the, the, uh, the upcoming lineup for Wii U and 3DS. Um, just that we're doing this on the streets of New York City, so audio might be a little crappy. But first up, we're going to talk about Super Mario 3D World. And uh, let's start with Justin. As, as, a, as a big Mario fan, how did you feel about the, the new stuff that they announced for Mario 3D World? I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of 3D Land on the 3DS, but 3D World really is shaping up to be that the game I really think 3D Land should have been with all the power-ups and extras and the multiplayer all jammed in. It's really like an extreme version of that game, so... I'm, I'm real excited for it, more than I was before the trailer the other day. Yeah, because I know uh, in one level, um, we were playing four-player. Uh, it was the three of us and then the Nintendo rep, and I got to use the new Double Cherry power-up. And for me, the level just became a frantic competition to see how many of these cherries I could get at once. I ended up with four at the end. And it's just like, it's one of those things where it's that kind of controlled chaos, whereas a game like Wonderful 101 is chaos incarnate. Super Mario 3D World is one of those games that, yeah, you could cooperate and the level could be fine, or you can just try to screw everyone over, get the double cherry power up, and get as many of your character on screen at once, and it's chaos, but then it's still it's productive chaos. So, Jared, what did you think about what we saw of 3D World? Um, you know, everything, the levels we got to play were the same levels you saw um, that uh, there's a trailer on uh, Nintendo's website where uh, Kit and... Um, Someone else from Chris, uh, they play uh, the game. So basically they played the same exact levels we played. Um, it looks fun. It is, again, a lot like 3D Land. I loved 3D Land, so I'm, I'm always game for more 3D Land. I, when you were saying controlled chaos, um, I think you're right. I still think it's a little crazy. I, I'm not the biggest multiplayer, like, new Super Mario Brothers fan, so... It's fun. It's crazy. Uh, I might like it more single player. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, EAD's going crazy. I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll buy it. I'm, I admit I'm still a little worried it's too much like 3D Land, but maybe I'm the last person who still feels that way. And I don't know one thing that uh, we did find out is that uh, you can use your pro controllers, which is great, because we all played on Wii Remotes today, and it sucked. Um... It's just because, you know, it's a game meant for analog control, and it's, it's like playing Super Mario 64 uh, DS. Um, that's pretty much what it is. Um, any, anything else on 3D World before we move on to the next game that we saw? I do want to say that I also, like Jared, wasn't a huge fan of the multiplayer in New Super Mario Brothers, but I think it works a lot better with the 3D space in 3D World. So I think it might be the best multiplayer traditional Mario experience in that sense that has ever come out so that's something to look forward to yeah and uh if you want to find out more about super mario 3d world check out uh, aaron klutzka's impressions up on the site he covers everything that we talked about and more he got to he got to see it on a an appointment meant just for that whereas we have a lot of other games so like we got to check out mario party island tour which is coming out november 22nd um we did find out that it is uh, local multiplayer only, no online. However, it is download play, uh, and you can basically play the entire game with three other people um, on one cartridge, which is kind of cool. 80 mini games. Um, we got to play three different mini games. One was Buzz a Fuzzy, 
uh, and I was the person that got to play that, and it's this kind of weird thing where there's all these fuzzies in kind of like a cube area, and then four players uh, tilt the system around to kind of aim their shot, and then they like pull back on the circle pad as if they were launching a bow and arrow, and the thing about that is that you need to be kind of quick about it, because all the other players are playing to hit the same enemies. There were a few times where, like, you know, one person would kind of clear out a row that other people were aiming for, and then they'd get less points. Um, but that was pretty neat. And then Justin and I both got to play, uh, I have the name, Slipknot. Uh, not like the band, as I confirmed. Um, which this one just used the gyroscope controls all by themselves. And you're just all going down this kind of icy path. Um... Each one seems slightly different, but you have the four people going at the same time, and it's kind of a race, but you also don't want to fall off. And the Nintendo rep had not seen anyone, including himself, who was playing this all day, um, did not see anyone actually finish it, although he got pretty close. Um, I don't know that one was fun, but it does seem like, I don't know, that motion-controlled minigame, I'm not super high on that. How do you feel about it, Justin? Uh, I actually liked it probably more than you from how you speak of it now. I didn't get to try the other minigames. But I thought it was a lot of fun, and it kind of made me want to try again. It had that, gave me that feeling of you almost got it, and you could do it if you just practiced this a little more. So it had that challenge. It would be exciting to actually make it to the end of that. And then there was one more mini game that we got to see that actually used the AR card, which was pretty novel, although we ran into some errors with it. The game was called Kagoomba, and what it was is that you can use, you can all use one AR card if you want to, but for the purposes of this demo, we actually had two. But it's like the same location, no matter what AR card. It basically picks it up, and you're all shooting at the same assortment of Goombas and competing to try to get the most. Uh, but then something weird happened when Justin was playing it, but I, I will let him describe that. Yeah, so basically the game, I think, is really only designed to be using one AR card. So different Goombas would pop up around that, and you'd have to like aim your gun and shoot those Goombas, and you get points for whoever hit it. There are also gold Goombas worth three. Uh, then there's a boss at the end. I think it was a Womp from Mario 64. Uh, but it didn't appear on my AR card or around my AR, AR card, so I don't know if it was thinking I was at a different spot on the card compared to the Nintendo rep playing with a different AR card. So I really couldn't find this boss no matter where I looked so I, until I went to the Nintendo rep's AR card and was playing off that. So it's a little complicated, but I think we weren't playing it in the way it was designed to be, so it's kind of hard to judge it based on that. Yep, yep. And, uh, Jared, you didn't play it, but you did get to film the whole thing. What are your thoughts on Mario Party Island Tour right now? Do you have any interest in it at all? Uh, just from seeing the, you know, filming and watching it, uh, it looks fun. Um, the biggest thing in my mind is still the whole AR card thing where Justin wasn't able to get it. Um, you know, I remember just playing with the, you know, the AR cards that came with the system. It always gave you the option to, like, recalibrate, but I guess because it's multiplayer... It wasn't coming up to do that, so I feel like that would have helped too, but uh, yeah, it looks fun. I, w I would also like to add that uh, I think I'd be a lot more excited about the game if there was an online mode, but it was confirmed to us today that there is no online multiplayer in this iteration of Mario Party. And I mean, for some of the games like the AR, one, the AR card one that we were talking about that had pratfalls when you had, you know two people in the same room trying to use it. Like, I could understand maybe some minigames wouldn't go over, but, it, but it'd be nice to have some online. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're playing online, it could eliminate some of those more specific minigames. Like, I really don't think if you're playing the actual game itself, you're going to get one of those AR card games if you're doing, like, a board game or something. 
But yeah, I understand what you're saying that not every game would work online, but honestly, most of them probably would, and that should be a feature in this series that I know everybody wishes were there. And then the next game that we saw, we got to see We Fit You. We learned some more about the fit meter. Um, uh, we couldn't find out if you could use multiple fit meters to activate, or use the same fit meter to activate multiple versions in the games, and all sorts of fun, weird questions that we probably are never going to actually face, but we were just curious about, and Nintendo did not have the answers for us. Um, we did find out that We Fit You is co-developed by Gonbarion. Um, they're the guys who did Pandora's Tower, and while I can't confirm right now, because in the middle of New York City and haven't been time to, time to even write the news story. Um, I think they also did some stuff for Replay Motion, but still interesting to know that after Pandora's Tower, Gon Baryon went and uh, instead of making games about girls who are vegetarians and have to eat meat, they're making uh, We Fit You. The one game that we did see, though, was Puzzle Squash, which was kind of nifty. Uh, uses the Wii Remote Plus. Wii Remote Plus, in addition to the balance board, and basically, you're playing tennis while trying to, you know, hit the wall um, in kind of like a puzzle fashion where, you know, you're kind of like trying to let it all be the same color and then hit that so you get a lot of bonus points. Um, I failed at this several times. Um, my tennis skills for Wii Sports are not up to snuff. And the way that you would use the balance board in it was that you just kind of shuffle your feet to move your character around. But Justin went on a fucking killing spree on this game. Um, and set the second highest score uh, on that system for the, the past two days. So, Justin, how about you talk about Puzzle Squash? All right, so Puzzle Squash, on the back wall, you have a bunch of different colored blocks, and some of the same colors are touching each other. So if you're able to hit the ball and hit one of those blocks, all of that color disappears, and you get multiple points for each block that you eliminate, and then more fall down in its place. Uh, you do shuffle your feet along to move your character, but it's not like you have to really determine where to go. After you hit the ball, the game calculates where it's going to end up next, and you just have to shake your feet or move your weight left and right until your character moves to the next spot. You can't overdo it, so you might be able to get away with just running in place constantly, but I'm sure you'll get tired. But it's just kind of like uh, Wii Sports Tennis, where you're just swinging it, trying to hit the ball back. and It's a lot less stressful than the tennis, because no one's really returning it in a ridiculous way. You know where the ball's going every single time, so you just have to be ready and time your swings correctly, and you won't do poorly on the game. And then, um, I mean, we didn't really find out anything more about Wii Fit U that we didn't already know. I mean, it's got everything from Wii Fit Plus, and then some. I think 19 new activities was the number that we heard thrown around. Um, we did find out that your stuff, your data from Wii Fit and Wii Fit Plus could transfer over to Wii Fit U, although we don't know how. Um, we also found out that the Wii Motion Plus is only required for some of them and not all of them, but there are some mini games that you need the Wii Motion Plus for. Uh, Jared, how, how, what are your thoughts on Wii Fit U right now? I'm excited about it. Um, the fact that it's basically going to be 20 bucks makes it a, you know, when you buy the, what, the Wii Fit Meter, what's it called? The Yeah. Yeah, just, just the fact that it's that simple. Uh, makes it a much must purchase. Um, I also never got Wii Fit Plus, so I'm excited. There'll be a few extra games I never played. Um, I, I'm happy the woman who says uh, like calibrating as you're stepping on the board is back. So you know that was one of the things I was most worried about not returning. So yeah, thumbs up from me. 
And that's We Fit You. Um, we did have one surprise. Uh, they had Shovel Knight on the Wii U there, um, which I was not expecting at all, and that was awesome to play that on Wii U. Um, it seems like it's a lot, I think it's King Knight was the enemy. Uh, it seemed really reminiscent of the kind of vertical slice that I played back at PAX East, which is before I think it was even organized into any kind of level. Um, but I still really like the feel of that game, and we heard, you know, they're aiming for before the end of the year. And while they didn't confirm it, it, it seems pretty likely that I think the Wii U and 3DS version, or at least the Wii U version, will probably be ready to go when the game is done, which we were a little fuzzy on. I think the Steam version was always guaranteed to be first, but Wii U 3DS was always kind of maybe. Um, Justin, I think this is your first time with your hands on the game. Uh, what did you think about it as someone who likes those kind of retro Mega Man games? Uh, I'm really excited for Shovel Knight. I mean, the controls took me a minute to get adjusted to, but once I did, I found I was hopping around and getting through the game at a fairly decent pace. I'm really looking forward to this game. I love the, the style, and I'm really hoping it jacks up the challenge to something that makes me want to rip my hair out near the end. So you get that feeling of satisfaction when you complete the game. I mean, we won't know about that until I'm sure the game is released, but I'm really hopeful for that type of retro feel that this game's giving off. So I'm excited for Shovel Knight for sure. Day one purchase. And Jared, how about you? How, what are your thoughts on the Shovel Knight as of now? Um, I didn't play it, but, you know, just watching it being played, uh, you know, it looks beautiful, great pixel art, um, very old school gameplay. Um, just just since you guys played it, the uh, the bounce move, was that a lot like uh, DuckTales? Uh, it was similar. I think you had to hold it's down. Like it is in remastered. Yeah, that's how it is. But I think you can actually change that in DuckTales remastered. Yeah, yeah, but it was like that, and I wasn't expecting that at first. I was, like, actually going for the DuckTales control on NES at first, because that's just what I'm used to, but once I got the new controls down, it wasn't much of a problem at all. Awesome. And I know they said it's they're aiming for $14.99. I mean, I guess they, they've, I think that's maybe been known for a while. So. But uh, yeah, I'll buy it. And the last thing that we saw is, I'm, I know I'm really excited for Super Mario 3D World, and you know I've had a lot of fun with Hickman 3 and Wind Waker HD, but Wii Party U looks like the best fucking thing on Wii U. Um, I constantly have a smile whenever I play that game, even when it's the same damn minigames that we played over and over. Um, we played the, the Operation Sandbox minigame, which you probably have seen footage or at least read some impressions. Uh, if not, then you can see what I think Guillaume wrote back at E3. Um, Operation Sandbox is a game where the person with the gamepad is controlling this, this big tank, and then everyone else has these smaller tanks, and it's, you know, us versus them. Uh, we did get to check out Punch Drunk, which was this... Um, or Punch Dunk, Punch Dunk. I actually, I did write Punch Drunk um, instead of Punch Dunk. Um, but Punch Dunk is this game in which you uh, have, I think it's, it might only be three, but I think it might be up to four. Uh, me's running around in bathing suits on this platform that's, you know, elevated above a pool, while the person with the gamepad has control over these uh, boxing gloves. There's one on each side, they move them around with each control stick and then hit the trigger, to launch the boxing glove forward and try to knock off, the, to punch them and dunk them. Um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, not 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 overly complicated, but it was it was cool. I also got to play the baseball tabletop game for the first time, in which uh, Justin and I have a score to settle at the the uh, the follow-up event where uh, uh, they Nintendo closes down the top half of the Nintendo World Store for kind of like a post-event fun. Um, so you'll probably hear stories of, of Justin and I competing 
for the for the baseball game. Um, but I really like what I've seen of that game, and it looks like you can do tournaments for most of those mini games. And I could see uh, us getting together and doing some sort of video feature of us doing a tournament of one of these games. And it probably won't have online, but if it did, I would play the shit out of those online tournaments. Uh, I guess Justin and then Jared, uh, what are your thoughts on We Party You? Are you as high on it as I am? Probably not as excited as you, but I am excited for the game. I really think uh, those gamepad games are my favorite part that I've seen so far. Uh, it might not be using the TV, but they're a lot of fun. It's really simple games that you can really get into with people, and I think it, it's going to draw a lot of people in with just that mode. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I know for the for the tabletop things for me, they remind me of like Super Monkey Ball mini games. Like Monkey Baseball in particular is what I was thinking of with that baseball game. It's very similar in that kind of like the old tabletop baseball games where you're doing that, but it's that very, like, the only control that you have in that is you're using a control stick. But there's so much strategy, there's a lot of mind games, and I just really love that kind of simple, competitive multiplayer that anyone can get into, but then there's, like, this... You almost kind of, like, develop this language if you get into it with friends where you all know the different tricks that everyone employs, and that's something that... I've run into it with a couple games like Super Monkey Ball or Sega Soccer Slam, um, and We Party You seems like it might be in that same group. So, Jared, what are your thoughts on We Party You? Um, I mean, I still feel like uh, I haven't seen enough of it yet. They're, the mini games look like fun, um, but I, I'm I still want to see more of like how an actual uh, you know board game party goes, just because I feel like the original We Party could have done that a little better so hopefully they've improved that all right well that's uh that's just about gonna do us for this special um i don't know do you guys want to talk about mario and sonic well we should talk about mario and sonic before we finish up um yeah uh we saw some snowboarding mini game um that the rep played it uh, looks fun i guess uh but the highlight which we do have video of this it's uh, it's Justin playing a figure skating minigame with the Nintendo rep, which had some really ridiculous things. I guess, Justin, you can explain it. Yeah, so basically, it's a two-player game. We're both skating as a team, and we each hold a Wii Remote Plus and have to, like, swing it in the correct direction at the specific times. But then there's times when we have to hold each other's hands. So whoever's playing as the female player has to reach out to the male player's Wii Remote and hold down the A button on their controller and just do like weird hand gestures together and you end up spinning in a circle a bunch of times doing figure skating moves and it's ridiculous and silly and you should check out the video of me making an ass of myself in front of Nintendo reps so enjoy that guys <laughs> alright well, now that will just about do us here for uh, the special New York edition of connectivity as we're on the streets playing games for you and for our own enjoyment um, I guess, uh, you know, check us out on NintendoWorldReport.com. We'll have some video. We'll have some impressions. And uh, stay tuned for more from Connectivity and the website as we're going to be covering these games until they come out and then probably afterwards, too. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please send your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and if you've got a chance, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Thanks.